everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. I'm your host, Cassidy Lynn, like always, and this is going to be a good episode. Something a little bit different, but it's still going to be a good episode. So super excited to talk about passive income, sustainability, all of those things. This has been like a huge topic that's been on my brain recently. So yeah, I'm super excited to chat about some of these things with you guys. Um, Obviously, before we get into the episode today, I have to share my life updates. I have to just tell you guys what's going on in the life of me. Um, You know, you're just normal wedding photographer doing her thing. So the first thing that I wanted to tell you guys, I launched merch. Woohoo. Yeah, merch is out. I have a few fun designs And I wanted to wait to announce it on the podcast until the merch was like available. And honestly, if you follow me on Instagram, I really like you would you would know that I had no idea like when I actually was planning to launch my merch. I truly just kind of put out a poll and like asked, when should I launch my merch? And then you guys said tomorrow and I was like, all right, let's do it. So that's just kind of what happened with my merch. But yeah, it's out. I have a few different designs. I have the overshooter hoodie, um, which is like, I have it in like a light pink or light blue. I'm not wearing any of my merch right now. I should have. If you're like watching on YouTube, you can tell I'm not, but yeah. So we have that hoodie. And then I also have the probably editing crew neck. And that one is like my personal favorite. And after yesterday and just seeing which stuff you guys bought. That one's definitely your guys' favorite too. Um, it's so cute. It's like a chocolate brown with it's, it's technically like gold thread. So it's embroidered. Um, and it literally says probably editing. It's so cute. And it's so true because like, (laughs) like when in doubt, I'm probably editing. Like that's why I was doing all yesterday was just editing. So there's that. And then I also have just a plain old oh shoot t-shirt. I have two different colors. There's like a tan and then a sand one. And then with the letters, it's like black or white. So yeah, that's kind of just like a classic. If you support the podcast or want to support the podcast, or if you just like the phrase, oh shoot, that would be a great option for you. So yeah, they will be available. Those designs until Wednesday, April 20th. So let's see, that's like two days from now. Cause today's Monday. So yeah, go grab that if you are interested in getting some merch. So a few other life updates, me and Charlie went to Houston this weekend. Um, that was for an engagement session that I had with a couple. And basically the situation was they booked me for their wedding, which is their weddings in August. And they had an engagement session included in their package, but they like on the date that they initially scheduled it, they just like weren't able to make it out to me that day um, to Grand Rapids because they had just moved to Houston. Like I think they've moved like, I don't know, a couple months ago. Um, So they're from Ohio. They moved to Houston. And so they were like, hey, any chance that you would be able to come to us for the session? It would really help, you know, because we just can't find time to come to Michigan for a session. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like I, I can come to Houston. So that's what we did. We went, um, they got us tickets and we flew down there for like a weekend. It was really fun. Um, I shot at like a, 
the first spot was like downtown, but it was kind of like a park. And then the second spot was another park downtown, but just like different views of the buildings and obviously like a different outfit and stuff. So yeah, that is Houston. That's what happened. We basically shot. Okay. So (laughs) funny story. Our flight on the way there was through United and I normally like don't have any problems with airlines. Like I don't have beef with airlines. Right. But I got some beef now because we flew United and it was like, we had a layover in Chicago. So Grand Rapids to Chicago, Chicago to Houston. And we were supposed to have like maybe a 50 minute layover in Chicago and just like get on our flight, get to Houston at like 10 AM local time. We left at like 6 AM Grand Rapids time. So this was going to be like a five hour travel. You know, that's pretty good for flying all the way to Texas and having a layover. Well, I should have known that it wasn't going to go that smoothly. Like I literally just should have known that we were delayed seven hours in the airport. Um, so we were supposed to get there at 10. We got into Houston at 5 PM. We were planning on doing the session at 6 PM and literally we still did it. So our initial plan was to fly into Houston, you know, get there around 10, 11, go back to the hotel, kind of walk around a little bit, see what's going on. All of that we couldn't do. We basically just had to go right into the session, which is fine. The session ended up being really good, but I just have a little beef with United on that because I'm like, come on, like, why are we delaying here? Like, come on. But I will say on our way back, it was a direct flight to Grand Rapids and there were no issues at all, which I was so thankful for because I was just not in the mood. Um, so yes, all that to say, we went to Houston. It was a really good time. Um, yeah. So Houston and then another life update. I started using TikTok stories. I don't know if you guys like even have TikTok stories. I don't know if they're rolling it out to everyone or if like I just got selected as one of the people who uses TikTok stories, but I have the option to use TikTok stories now and I've been using them. Um, so far I don't really have a strategy. I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, I'm kind of over here. Like, do I post these like normal videos? I would post my feed, but just post my story instead. Or should I like create specific content for my stories? And it's weird because like, you know, how on Instagram stories, you record a video and it chops it up into four different sections or whatever. And then you just post it like that. And people like tap through, well, you can create like a whole video for like one tap, but you can do like multiple clips in, in that video, if that makes sense. So instead of like seeing all the clips by tapping on TikTok, like you can create a whole TikTok that's just for your story. And someone has to watch it the entire way through and not tap in order to see all of it. So it's just like a little weird for me to comprehend. Um, but I did like have this strategy where I posted like four or five TikTok stories. And then I posted to my TikTok feed later that night. And I got like way more views than I normally would. So I'm over here just being like, okay, I kind of think that posting to your TikTok story is a little bit beneficial. So I will keep you guys updated on if that's actually a good strategy to implement or if I'm just reading into it a little bit. So the last thing that I wanted to tell you guys, um, before we jump into the content for today's episode, I, let's see last weekend, or I guess technically it would be two weekends ago. I shot this really cute wedding. Um, and like, you know how, when you shoot a wedding sometimes and just the aesthetic, like the, the florals and the decor and like the wedding dress and like, Ooh, I just have my mic. Like literally all of it just matches like so well. It just it's just such the vibe that was this wedding. 
And I did some fun, like direct flash stuff. And I normally don't do a ton of direct flash because I definitely think it's a little bit niche, but I did it. And I was like, I feel like this could be like really cute for this wedding. Plus she sent me inspo and like the inspo she sent me was very like, like what I was shooting. So I felt like a lot more comfortable trying it out. And literally some of my favorite shots, I would say almost all of my favorite shots from the day were using direct flash. Um, and it, like, I even use like the flash, like outdoors. And I was just like, wow, like I just, I'm probably going to start using direct flash more just cause it gives you a little bit more of that film vibe too. And I don't know, it's just so cute. So yeah, I'm really happy with how those shots turn out. Those are on my Instagram if you want to see them. Um, but yeah, use direct flash more. That's why I'm trying to say like use direct flash and have a good time with it because you might end up falling in love with direct flash like me and never want to shoot regular again. <laughs> That's kind of the boat I'm in. All right. I just talked for 10 minutes about my life. I'm so sorry if you just skip through all of that, but we have some good stuff to talk about for today's episode. Um, we're going to talk about is wedding photography or photography in general sustainable, but also how to make it sustainable by making passive income. So the question that I'm kind of asking in today's episode is, is wedding photography a sustainable career in the long run? You know, is it similar to working at a nine to five until you're 60 years old and retiring? Like, is it going to give you that same stability when you you know, retire or want to retire, um, or just photography in general, like what is the long-term plan here with all of this? Um, and I, I want to like say that when you're working a nine to five and you retire at age 50 or 60, like obviously that is guaranteed stability. And when you start your own business and you're your own boss and you're an entrepreneur, you take the risk of not having that stability. You know, you have that risk of not knowing like some things sometimes like, no, there's no guaranteed income. Um, you know, there is, but there's not like you take much more of a risk when it comes to stability and sustainability when you are your own boss and when you start your own business. So I do want to say like, obviously if you are working a corporate job or just something that you know, it, you're not your own boss. That's going to be a lot more guaranteed for stability in the long run. But I think the payouts of being your own boss and being an entrepreneur and starting a business, I think it's worth it in the long run. You just have to be okay with the fact that, you know, some things might not be as stable as you would hope. Um, and that's just kind of how it goes. So I like to view photography as something that grows with you as you go through different life stages. So when you're a senior in high school or when you just graduated high school, you book senior photos, right? Because that's kind of the, the stage that you're in. Or, you know, maybe you're in college, you book senior photos, you book grad photos because that's the stage that you're in when you're engaged or getting married maybe your friends are also getting engaged and getting married. You're just in that stage. And so you kind of like naturally adapt wedding photography or, um, couples, or, you know, let's say you're in a relationship, you kind of naturally adapt being a couples photographer. Then when you go and start a family, I have seen so many photographers who transition from wedding photography into family photography, because that's the stage of life that they're in right now. And that's what they feel like they can most relate to and the story that they can convey the best is a family at this point in time. Cause that's what they're experiencing too. So I think that photography follows your stage of life. And 
I think that's because that's kind of where your heart and all of it goes as you go from different life stages to different life stages, your heart goes with you in those stages and you experience the same things as the people that you're capturing. Therefore you, therefore you feel like more drawn to capturing those moments and those stories. So, um, within all of that, um, I just want to say like your photography business, it needs to be adaptable. Uh, And I think especially with like the pandemic and stuff, photographers learned a lot about adaptability. Like I'm not even going to lie. Like that has been the biggest lesson of 2020 and into 2021 was just being adaptable with your business. So your photography business needs to be adaptable. Adaptability is key in making this thing happen long-term. And I want you to kind of think of this example of Instagram reels. So I don't know if you guys remember. I feel like I mentioned this a lot. <laughs> Maybe I mentioned this too much. But when Instagram kind of did that big announcement where they're like, oh, we're not doing um, like we're not like a photo based app anymore. We're going to be a video based app. Um, that was really hard for a lot of photographers because it kind of took away their like, you know, like there you take photos and Instagram's over here telling you, oh, we're not promoting, like we're not big into photos anymore. Sorry. So uh, remember how then reels became a thing and reels still are a thing, obviously, but Instagram pushing reels more, um, that was hard for some photographers and the photographers who were able to adapt to reels were able to grow their business exponentially faster than those who didn't. Um, and I'm not trying to say that photographers who don't do reels don't succeed because reels are not the answer to success by any means. But I am saying like, if you were, let's say like a beginner or, you know, you've only been in business for a year or something and you start doing reels, that's going to fast track you as far as marketing goes compared to someone who is not necessarily doing reels. And there, there are other ways to market yourself and other ways to get your name out there. So I'm not saying that reels are the only way to grow, but I just want you to like, think of that example. When I talk about adaptability being able to adapt your business to what's current and what's going to help you market yourself better. Um, and just like what's going to help you keep your business sustainable. Cause that's what this episode is about. I think that is so key for a photography business. Having like an adaptability mindset is what's going to ultimately help you succeed. So, um, you, you have to be willing to pivot your business when the time is right. And I literally love the word pivot because of friends and because remember when they were moving the couch and friends up the stairwell and Ross kept yelling, pivot, pivot. So when I say pivot, like that's literally what I mean. Like you have to be able and willing to pivot your business when the time is right. So having a fluid and adaptable photography business is going to set you up for success in the long run. Um, and I, I mean that wholeheartedly. I myself have seen how adaptability has completely transformed my business and just seeing, you know, a need and filling it and being willing to fluidly change my business as I need to in order to just, you know, make my business more sustainable, pursue some of the dreams that I have. All of that has to do with adaptability. So now I have the question and I'm going to answer how can you make your photography business more sustainable, right? Like that's, that's kind of the question that I've been asking. So 
One of the biggest things that you can do is seeing a need or a gap in the photography industry and filling that. Um, that gap can look like a lot of things. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, it's only a few things. Like literally that gap can be anything. But when you see that gap, adapting your business and filling it, I think that is like so important for sustainability. Because the more that you do that, the more that you're going to grow. And like ultimately your goal or at least my goal in my photography business is being like almost 100% word of mouth based where I don't have to rely on Instagram or Google searches or Pinterest to get me bookings. Like I want people to just love working with me and to tell their friends about me. And yeah, like that's basically it. And that's how I grow my business. Um, (laughs) I do, I'm drinking hot chocolate here. Um, and I have lip gloss on and this is not a good combo. So hold on one second. You're lucky I didn't like just drink into the mic so that you guys could hear like hot chocolate ASMR. So back to the question, how can you make your photography business sustainable? Seeing a need, filling that gap. That's one thing. Second thing, understanding trends, but also understanding that you don't have to live by trends as a rule book. So I 100% think that trends in photography are you know, that's part of adaptability is being able to adapt to trending things and what clients are looking for. But at the same time, trends are not a rule book. Just because everyone's posting reels does not mean that you have to post reels. Just because everyone's posting really grainy, warm photos doesn't mean that you have to go do the same thing. But I think it's just the fact that you're able to acknowledge like this is popular. This is what a lot of clients are looking for. And acknowledging that, but also not using that as a rule book. So when trends are happening, not making trends, your only, the only thing that you're doing, like you shouldn't just be doing trends. You should be establishing your brand and just like knowing at the core, what is your photography brand? Like, what is it? So understanding trends, but don't like, don't make that your living purpose is just doing what's trendy for the rest of your life. Cause I guarantee <laughs> that is not going to last you in the long run. 100% that is not the way to be sustainable. So understand them, but don't make them like the end all be all. Another thing that I think could help you make your business more sustainable is creating like timeless photography. And this is, this kind of go, goes like against my current style of photography because I feel like mine is like very warm. My style is like very, it is definitely on the more like trendy side. So when I say like create timeless photography, I'm kind of talking to myself too because it's like if I want to, you know, continue this business in 15, 20 years, having photography that is timeless and, you know, you look back on the photos and you're not like cringing at how warm they are or cringing at, whatever, I think that is a really good way to be sustainable. So whether that's timeless edits or even, even keeping your raws. So then you can like change your edits throughout the years. Like that's a good thing too. Um, so creating timeless photography, I think definitely is going to help with sustainability. And that looks different for everyone. Maybe timeless photography is just keeping your raws. Maybe it's creating an edit that's timeless. Maybe it's just your style is definitely more on that timeless side rather than very trendy. All of that contributes to sustainability. Do you wish that you could spend less time editing? Yes. 
I do too. And if you said no, you're lying. To make your editing life easier, let's talk about our podcast sponsor today, FilterPixel. FilterPixel is an AI culling application that helps you organize your photos post-shoot. It's literally so fast and it'll automatically select your best photos based on focus and eye quality. I've been using FilterPixel and not only does it load my RAWs so fast, it also sorts my photos within minutes. Yes, minutes. FilterPixel sorts my photos into different categories so I can know which photos have issues and which don't. And it even creates tags based on the pose and the type of photo. So it will do a tag like perfect focus, dancing, and even hugs. Once you start using FilterPixel, you're going to have so many less culling hours that you're going to have more happy hours. Go to filterpixel.com and use the code OSHOOT for 10% off. That's filterpixel.com for 10% off. It'll also be linked in the description. Going outside of your comfort zone. I really want to talk about this for a minute because it, this is something that I've learned within the past, I would say like year is you can get caught up doing the same thing over and over again in photography. You can shoot 30 weddings a year for 10 years. You can do that 100%. But I think going out of your comfort zone and maybe trying, you know, travel elopements, try couple sessions. Maybe you do a little bit of education. Maybe you get into like educating clients. Literally, there's so many things that you can do to step outside of your comfort zone. That looks different for everyone. And I think like just following your dreams and following your passion is stepping out of your comfort zone. Like it's uncomfortable to follow something that you don't know if you're going to achieve. Like that's an uncomfortable feeling, but you have to be willing to experience that and to be uncomfortable in chasing after your dreams because that's what's going to help you achieve them. But you literally can't you can't chase after your dreams if you don't even try. So I think stepping outside of your comfort zone, maybe that's trying a new niche or um, branching out within your brand. Maybe you create different sub brands within your brand. Maybe that's, you know, education or seniors and weddings and like all these different things that you do. Um, so that's something else that you could do. Uh, you know, you could even do like product photography if that's what you're passionate about, just like something you've always wanted to try, branch out and try it. Um, also switching your editing and shooting style as you need to. So as you, you know, go throughout your photography journey, you you've been in the business for like five, 10 years, maybe it's time that you kind of reevaluate how you've been editing and how you've been shooting to adapt to kind of what's new, but also like to just take photos that you love. I think at the end of the day, photos that you love are what's going to keep you inspired and they're what's going to keep you motivated and keep you going. Um, so for example, I was talking about those direct flash photos that I took like two weekends ago. I literally think about those photos all the time because I'm just like, I love those photos so much. And that's part of photography is like, you can create photos that everyone loves, but if you don't love them yourself, you're going to burn out and you are not going to be passionate about what you're doing. And if you're not passionate about passionate about running your own business, what's the point of running your own business? At that point, you might as well work a nine to five job and just like do the whole corporate world thing. Because if you're not passionate about it, why not get a job that's much more guaranteed and more stable and you're not passionate about that either. Like at that point you can just do whatever the heck you want and it's just whatever. So I think creating your passion and just knowing what your passion is and following that passion throughout all of your photography career, it's huge. 
Um, I'm kind of going off on this right now. I'm popping off. Um, so the next thing for creating a sustainable photography business, and I promise we're going to get into talking about passive income in a minute. I promise. Um, the last thing that I want to say about this topic, and I really think that this could be key for a lot of you guys is creating a team. And I want you to kind of like sit and imagine this with me because I've seen photographers do this and I'm always like, wow, that is so smart. So Basically, what you would do is you would create a team of photographers under your brand. So for example, Cassidy Lynn, Cassidy Lynn photo, creating a team underneath Cassidy Lynn photo where I have associate weddings, or maybe I'm just like, I am just Cassidy Lynn photo at this point. I'm not just Cassidy. I am the brand. And so I can hire someone, you know, have someone on my team go and shoot a wedding and they're going to get the same result as I would. And you know, the edits would look the same. So kind of like branching out, outsourcing the shooting. And then at the same time, you outsource the editing for it. So then what are you doing? You're just kind of like running the business, communicating with people. And I think that this is going to be huge for sustainability because you can keep hiring, you know, young and current photographers. So like, as you get older, like 30, 40, I don't know, even 50, if you want to, you can start hiring these photographers who, who are, you know, 20, 25, whatever, like in this age where they're still figuring out their business and kind of like how they want it to look. And they're looking just for jobs and they're looking for experience. You can give them that experience, but at the same time, you're, you're able to kind of with them on your team, figure out like, okay, what is, what are people looking for now in wedding photography? Like what are clients looking for? Um, and yeah, I think that's a really big thing for sustainability because the more that you can branch out and, branch out, but also do less. I think that's going to be a good thing in the long run because, you know, at the end of the day, you never know how long you're going to be able to shoot weddings for. You, you really just don't know. So, um, that is going to be my last point in photography sustainability with sustainability though, kind of along the same track, but transitioning a little bit here. I think it's so important to increase your revenue streams. And that's why I want to talk about passive income within this episode as well. So first, what is passive income? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. The passive, <laughs> passive income is the income that you kind of make like on the side without much effort, if, if not like no effort at all. So passive income is just kind of like, I like to think of it as making money while you sleep. You know, you don't have to do literally anything for it except probably like a little bit of maintaining. But for the most part, like passive income is pretty much hands off once you create the thing that you're going to be passively selling. So why should you do this? That's another great question. So the main thing that I think passive income benefits for photographers is not putting all of your eggs in one basket. And a really good example of this literally is the pandemic because when the pandemic hit, wedding photography kind of went down the drain because no one was getting married because nobody could. So having multiple revenue streams and not just relying on wedding photography the whole time, um, I think that is huge for photographers. Like diversifying your income as much as you can, that's going to be really helpful for sustainability. Even if that's shooting weddings and seniors or weddings and families or whatever, you know, doing a few different things to be sustainable. And I'm not saying if you do weddings and seniors, you advertise both because I know I preach niche down, like show what you want to shoot. I still stand by that. But 
at the same time, having just a little trick in your back pocket, you know, whether that's seniors or boudoir or whatever, have that in your back pocket for sure. So that's going to be one reason you should have passive income. Uh, another reason just to be able to save for the future. So the more income streams that you have, and if you're making enough from wedding photography, but you have money from other things coming in, you're able to save for the future and you're able to kind of fast track retirement or just making this whole thing more sustainable. So just another obvious reason too, is just like to generate overall more income. Like when you have passive income, when you're creating multiple revenue streams, you're ultimately increasing your income overall. So I think that's a huge part of passive income. So now we're going to talk through ways that you as a listener, as a photographer, as a business owner can start to make passive income. The first thing, print sales. Did you guys hear me? Print sales. Do not sleep on print sales. And if you have been sleeping on print sales, I forgive you, but it's, it's time to get up off the sleep and start making money from print sales. So basically a, a print shop is something that you can have connected to your online gallery. So for example, pick time does this. I'm pretty sure pixie set does this too. You, you know, deliver your gallery to your clients on this pretty online gallery on pick time, let's say you have a print shop attached to it. So if they want to order prints, they can go and order prints. But little do they know, in your print shop, you have everything marked up 50%. So if they spend $20 for a canvas print, but it only costs you $10, you're making $10 from that. So in pick time, I'm pretty sure you can do this in other print shops as well. But basically you mark up your your prints. Um, they do all the fulfillment, all the printing, all the shipping. So literally what are you doing? What, what you're doing is you are supplying the photos and having the print shop attached. So then they just discover the print shop and buy stuff. Like that's really, truly all that you're doing. And it's a great way to generate passive income. So, um, with a print shop, it's really good to create like a workflow with like marketing emails, sales, all of those things. Um, there are different campaigns that you can run so you can do sales around like Thanksgiving and Black Friday so that, you know, anyone that got married during 2022, uh, let's say their parents or whatever, want to buy prints for their kids that just got married. So they go on to your, your gallery site, they order the prints through there and boom, passive income. Um, and it's so funny because I will very randomly get these orders from weddings that I shot, you know, last year. And it's like the dad just just decided that he wanted to just buy $500 worth of prints or like, I think, I think there was one time I actually had someone buy like $800 worth of prints and I had everything 50% marked up. So I literally just made like $400 just like, cause this dad decided to buy like these people gifts or whatever, and just wanted to print a bunch of stuff. I don't know. So all of that to say, like a print shop is so huge for passive income. You can offer like unique prints too. So, um, on different print shops, there's different options and you can like really push those prints. So if you are jumping on sales calls with potential clients, um, literally like tell them, like, I don't offer prints with my packages, but I offer a print shop and you're kind of planting that seed of like, you can print your photos, but also like 
you're offering just an extra service. You don't even have to do anything, but even the fact that you offer it, some photographers don't even offer that. So that kind of just sets you apart and lets you go above and beyond on specific holidays. So like Christmas, Valentine's day, Memorial day, offer just a little discount and send it out, shoot it out to a few emails. Um, I know personally, like my, I think pick time lets me send it like emails, marketing emails to anyone that's viewed the gallery before. I think you have to put your email in to view it. So it kind of collects emails that way. And then obviously it sends it out to my clients as well. Um, you also through print sales want to encourage your clients to send their galleries to their friends, because if they have that gallery on their phone, they want to buy some prints. That's going to be a perfect opportunity for them to do that. So making sure that you're not protecting your galleries and like making them like really, really hidden. So no one can see it, like make it easy to share. You know, maybe you provide like a passcode for people to get into the gallery, or maybe you just like give them a shareable link and whoever has it can view the gallery. That That is so huge for print sales. And you can even go a step further and friend your couple on Facebook, post the link to the gallery and be like, Oh, I shot Lauren and Michael's wedding. And then tag Lauren on Facebook and Michael in that post. So then it automatically gets shown to all of their Facebook friends. And those people have access to the gallery to then print the photos. Um, that might be a little thing with privacy. I definitely want to make sure that your clients are okay with you doing that, but that's kind of like nonchalantly putting that gallery in front of their friends without them actually having to do it. So one passive income print sales. Number two, HoneyBook referrals. Yes, you heard that right. I'm talking about HoneyBook referrals. And basically what this is doing is you're educating other photographers, you're educating your audience by promoting HoneyBook. And this doesn't work for everyone because not everyone has a bunch of photographers following them, but you can start by just like, you know, having a HoneyBook code or whatever, and just sending it to the photographers that you do know might benefit from HoneyBook. Um, you may find in doing this that you like education. You like photography education because you're, you know, telling other photographers how you like to stay organized, whatever. So um, you might find that this is your kind of way of getting into education. You can also reach out to HoneyBook themselves and be a part of their educator team. I'm not like 100% sure like what the requirements are for this. Um, but I think you do get a little bit more of a discount for the referral thing. So you can offer like more to people, but if that's like not the case for you and you don't qualify for that, literally, I think there's like a referral area on HoneyBook that you can go and like get a link to send to people. Cause it's, it's, it's like, if you refer a friend, you get X amount of money or whatever. And if they sign up, whatever. So, um, yeah, that's a really good way to generate passive income. I do want to say like, make sure you're doing this with the purest intentions. Like don't be fake about it and just do it for the money. Do it because you actually use and like the product. And that's a huge thing with like, I don't know, just like authenticity within being a personal brand, promote the things that you actually think are going to benefit your audience. Especially like if we're talking about influencers, like influencers don't just take brand deals with any brand. Like they take brand deals with brands that they feel like represent what they do on a normal basis or what they believe in and what they support. Like if, if, uh, I don't know, what is an example of this? If uh, I literally, I'm blanking. If some like random, let's say like NASCAR brand, I don't know why NASCAR <laughs> popped into my head. I think it's because I'm watching, um, the ultimatum and one of the girl's dad's 
is in NASCAR and that's why I thinking of that. But if NASCAR reached out to me and was like, Hey, (laughs) okay. I'm not going to lie. If NASCAR reached out to me, I probably would say yes. But along the lines of like racing or maybe it's like a small racing brand. I don't know. Reach out to me. They're like, Hey, can you like talk about us in your videos? I would be like, how? Like that's my audience doesn't care about racing and that's not really what I represent either. So I'm going to have to pass on that one. So with that same idea, like don't go promoting things just for the referral money or just for passive income if you don't actually like use it or like the product. So I'm, I'm going to hop off that soapbox, soapbox for a minute. Um, next thing, creating a shop. Um, this could be targeted towards clients or photographers, but a shop is going to help you create passive income. So you can literally use like Shopify Lite. That's literally what I use for so long and just post like products on there. You can sell physical things. You could do merch. You could do templates. Um, you could do like a wedding planning guide that you send to clients, um, or a wedding planning guide that people who are getting married can buy. That can be something you can promote like on Pinterest or something like that. You can sell a wedding planning timeline. So like a, a sample wedding day timeline, you could, you could sell that to potential clients. I don't know. Um, the, the main thing when it comes to selling things is sell what you get asked a lot about. That's probably the biggest thing. Like whatever you get asked about, that's what you have a demand for. So that's what you should be focusing on selling. And that's what you should try to be selling in a shop. Um, so if I get asked a lot about how do you edit? Like, Oh, I love your presets. Do you have presets? That might be an indication that you should start selling your presets, you know, whatever, obviously only if they're your presets, don't sell other people's presets, obviously. Um, so the last thing for creating passive income, and I did like talk about this before setting up a team. So creating associate packages within your photography, finding associates who you trust to shoot for you offer associate packages when you can't be there. So when you can't, you know, maybe it's August 20th and you already have a wedding booked, but you have four inquiries for August 20th already, like still, um, even though you're already booked, like offer them associates, say someone from my team can go and shoot this. And then, like I said, send those photos to be outsourced, to be cold and edited by someone else. So then your whole effort in all of this is just client communication and just making sure your client's needs are met. Um, and so if you can find a great associate and a great outsourcing editing team, like those two things are going to be killer for having a team and having associates. Um, that that's a huge thing I think with passive income. And I kind of talked about that earlier. So for me, I wanted to talk to you like just kind of at the end of this episode about how I started making passive income. So the big things for me were HoneyBook referrals. That was one of the first things I started doing. Um, my print shop. Um, so pick time sales, that's a huge way that I have made passive income in the past and still do. Um, my shop, that's something that I set up pretty early on in my business. And truly like I have generated a lot of passive income from that. And so just like having a diverse amount of products and like things that you offer in your shop, that was huge for me. Um, mentorships that's passive in the sense that it diversifies my income. So I'm not just relying on my wedding photography income. I can also do mentorships. Um, so that's something else. Um, and now my merch, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, uh, in creating my merch, my idea was really not to try to make money. Like definitely my merch is not priced to make money with how much I have to pay for each product. Like 
I'm really not making hardly anything, but it's, it's an, it's just a little bit of income from merch. Um, so I, I will say that it's passive income because that's what we're talking about. So now at this point, after about a year or two, I would say closer to two years of, you know, creating my shop and really working on passive income, I have passive income from print sales. So that's something that is generated from clients, friends of clients, family of clients, um, HoneyBook and brand referrals. So not just HoneyBook, but also other brands that offer me deals if I refer people to them. So that's another thing. Um, my shop, obviously. So my templates, my presets, my brushes, my blah, blah, blah. I have a million things in there. Um, my podcast actually generates passive income for me. So um, that's another thing that if you want to start a podcast, go start a podcast. But um, I, oh, I just hit my mic again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, TikTok. Surprisingly, being a part of the TikTok creator fund, like you can create enough income through there um, based on views and whatever, and just sponsorships in general. So um, that's something that I started doing pretty recently. It was just like telling brands what I charge to, I don't know, post a reel or post a story or whatever. Um, so at the end of this episode, okay, we're here to wrap it all up. The main takeaway here is be adaptable in your business. I think this whole episode is just focused on diversifying your photography business in a way that you can adapt in the future and adapt to the things that you need to within your business. So adapting to new trends, adapting to different shooting styles, um, adapting to creating a team or, you know, whatever. So have an adaptability mindset. Don't get stuck in your ways as a photographer. Definitely try to be fluid with your thinking and be willing to accept change and try change and step outside of your comfort zone. It does come back to that point about your comfort zone and just stepping outside of it in order to help your business grow and thrive. So that's going to be the end of today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening this far. Um, if you don't already go check me out on Instagram, my handle is Cassidy Lynn and Lynn is with an E at the end. So Cassidy Lynn on Instagram, Cassidy Lynn photo on TikTok. Um, I have links to our sponsors in the description of the podcast episode, um, and other links for different, um, you know, honey book or, um, editing, whatever. So my gear, all of that is linked in the description of this episode, my Facebook group. So go check those out. But thank you guys so much for being here. And I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment or keep my sanity. No wisdom rushing in. So much clearer now Getting a little bit higher With every step I take I'm getting good Getting a little bit higher